0: Today we read out of the 25th chapter of Matthew. First verse 13 verses. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. 5 of them were foolish and 5 were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. As we've been, If you're a guest
1: or visitor, we've been working through the Apostles' Creed. And the Apostles' Creed is an amazing uh, piece of work You know, uh, when you think about this, this is the oldest document we have um, from the church outside of the Bible itself, and it's biblically-based doctrine that was put together, this creed. It comes from um, early, right after the first century, that they began knowing for sure um, that this creed was already spoken in the church, and probably uh, even before that, because we don't know the exact time that it was put together. But it is the gospel. I mean, if you know this creed, if you memorize this creed, and you listen to each of these petitions as we talk about them, you hear and see the gospel unfold. It's great news. I mean, this is the best news in the world. That's what the gospel is. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. From the time that God creates until the time that Jesus Christ comes again. But the reality is that while the gospel is good news for most people, Sometimes it isn't good news for some people because, of course, there are some things that we read and hear that are very scary. And this passage today can be one of those passages or one of those petitions that we find in uh, the Apostles' Creed. It's difficult for most people to fathom, fathom that time as we know it will come to an end. That Judgment Day one day will burst upon us like a thief in the night one day, apart from Jesus Christ coming again, we will all die. Now, it's not so much that we doubt that truth as we just don't like to think about it very much. And secondly, we don't like the idea of being judged. kind of sounds judgmental. You see, we'd rather talk about God's grace and God's mercy and God's love. But whether We like it or not, Jesus is our Savior, Jesus is our Lord, and Jesus is our Judge. Now how you understand the Gospel determines whether that is going to be good news or bad news when you hear it. Because you see, when the Bible uses the word judgment, it implies justice. God's judgment is about righting all the wrongs of the world. It's about good conquering evil. It's about love wiping out hate. On judgment day, Jesus Christ will make all things right. On judgment day, Jesus will restore justice to all the injustices of the world. My friends, there's a great day coming. A day when Jesus Christ will usher in a new cosmic order. And that is good news. However, in today's world, pessimistic and somber scientists and politicians and others tell us that an ecological, nuclear, economic catastrophe is right around the corner. But as Christians, we know or should know that God alone is control of everything. And nothing can happen in this world without God's permission. Thus our hope should, in fact, outshine all the pessimism, all the skepticism, because the one who will judge us, the one who will wind up history, is the very one who loves us most fully. Now, those who know and trust in Jesus Christ will not only see him, my friends, we will become like Jesus. Now, we don't know when that day will come, but when Jesus comes, for those who are ready, we're told that it will be glorious. No eye can see, no ear can hear, no mind can conceive of what God has in store for those who love him. The Apostle Creed begins with an affirmation that God alone is the author of life and that he will come again to judge both the living and the dead as well as all of creation. Now, this second coming of Jesus is a central theme in the New Testament. I don't know if you realize this, but references to the second coming of Jesus occur over 300 times in the New Testament. That means that one of every 13 verses talks about Jesus coming again. And that's why it is called the blessed hope because it thrilled the New Testament Christians who were living in a hostile world, and they were hoping that it was coming soon. In fact, they believed it was coming soon. You see, in times of persecution, the hope of Christ's return is moved from the periphery to center stage. Just as that song said, Come, Lord Jesus. But you see, when Christians become comfortable, When Christians become prosperous, Christ coming again isn't seen as such good news. His coming again to judge isn't something we really look forward to. And so then we kind of relegate it somewhere to a backstage. And so today, the second coming of Jesus is seen not so much with excitement, but with embarrassment. As a result, there's little effective witnessing for Jesus in the church. I mean, you read news all the time. There's more nuns practically, that's N-O-N-E-S, not N-U-N-S. There's more nuns in this world right now that keep saying, anyway, I don't believe it, but they're saying, than there are people who are joining the church. It's because Christians have become complacent and lazy And we're not witnessing for Jesus. We live in a time of skepticism and timidity, in which even Christians are struggling to believe that God's word is absolute truth. And as a result, we hesitate to challenge or raise any kind of opposition to a secular worldview, to the world's idea and their values and their agenda. And we do that because we're afraid of being called bigots or told that we don't care about social, ecological, or economic justice. Fooey. We care more if you know Jesus Christ than any single people in this world. That's what Jesus is all about, justice. And it'll come, and he'll bring it. We live in a time, at least here in the West, of worldly-mindedness. We think less and less about the kingdom of God because our thoughts are increasingly absorbed by the good things we enjoy here. We live in a world where the good things of this world keep us from seeking the better things, the best things of God's world. We're obsessed with being successful. God calls us to be faithful. Jesus said in Luke 18, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? He didn't ask if he'd find success on earth. He said, will he find faith on earth? Or will Jesus find a people so entrenched in this world they have forgotten the good news of the next? If Jesus Christ came back today, honestly, would you be ready to meet him? Would you see that as good news? When Mary of Orange was dying, her chaplain sought to tell her the way of salvation. She looked at him and replied, I am not so foolish as to have left this most important matter to this final hour." Is that true of us? The surprise in the coming judgment will not only be in the suddenness of Jesus' return, but also in the outcome. You see, many who claim to believe in Jesus will be left outside. The parable of the ten virgins could easily be called the parable of the ten professing Christians because it's a warning about the conditions of the church at the end of the age. Now, when you read this story, all ten virgins were similar except for one thing. Five were wise and five were foolish. All ten of those virgins looked every bit the part of bridesmaids until the ultimate time of testing. Now, Jesus defines a foolish person as one who hears the word of God, but then does not do the word of God. You see, such people always have reasons and excuses why God's word no longer applies today, because they want to do what their itching ears want to do. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only the ones who do the will of my Father. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And Jesus will say, I don't know you. Get away from me. I don't know you. The foolish virgins took their lamps, but no oil. They weren't prepared. The wise virgins took the oil along with their lamp. And then when the bridegroom took such a long time in returning, they all became very sleepy, and they all fell asleep. Now Jesus indicates that this is what will be happening in the church in the last days. See, what we are doing during this delay which is now reveals much about our faith. Often when people first hear the gospel, you know, they become filled with enthusiasm. But then as time passes, and we get caught up in all the things and the ways and the problems and the strife of the world, that enthusiasm begins to fade, and we become complacent. And so when the bridegroom returned, the five virgins who didn't have oil found out it was then too late to get oil. And so by the time they got to the wedding door, to the banquet, it was shut forever. Shut and closed forever. Therefore, said Jesus, keep watch and be ready. Because you don't know the day or the hour of the bridegroom's return. For he will come at that hour that we least expect him. John Wesley was asked If Jesus were to come back tomorrow, what would you do today? And Wesley said this I'd do exactly what I planned. What John Wesley wanted to be doing when Jesus Christ comes again was precisely what he had set out to do for Jesus that day and every day to glorify him. The question is, is that true of us? Do we set out every day to glorify Jesus Christ? Are you living each day as if this were the day of salvation? My friends, are you packed, and are you ready to go? As a Boy Scout would say, are you prepared? So if Jesus were to come back today, would you be prepared to meet him? If you say, I hope so, or I'm not sure, my friends, you're not ready. But you can be. If you're willing to truly open your heart Confess your sin and invite Jesus in as your Savior and as your Lord. And then live each and every day as if this is the day of salvation. My friends, then you are ready. And when that day comes, it will be glorious. And whatever you have to sacrifice to the glory of Christ, Will be more than well worth it. For no eye can see, no ear conceive, and no mind conceive what God has in store for those who are packed and ready. For today is the day of salvation. Amen.